If you are like me, you have one question when it comes to all of these lifestyle blogs. How in the heck do they afford all of this product? Today, I talk with the heated mess about just this thing along with everything else that goes into being a lifestyle and beauty creator. What's up, ladies? Welcome to another episode of the Women of YouTube podcast. I am super pumped to be up in your earbuds today. I hope that you laughed at that intro because I straight up giggled when I um, was saying it because it's so true. Like how are all of these lifestyle vloggers able to afford all of this stuff that they are talking about? So many women I meet want to be lifestyle um, creators on YouTube. They want to get the free product and they want the free stuff. They want to be taken all over the world to do crazy and extravagant things. When let's be honest, it's a very, very select few that can get to that opportunity. And in order for them to get there, they had to do a great deal of hustle and a great deal of spending and a great deal of work to make that happen for themselves. So I was really pumped when I got to sit down with Cindy, who is a heated mess on YouTube, um, and talk about like the struggles of affording high-end products that she reviews because she reviews a lot of Louis Vuitton bags and stuff. Um, she talks about like what it's been like to be a creator, how she's able to do this, how she's able to have success, and all of these other things that go into being a creator in this specific niche. Like there's just so much to get out of this. I think you're going to really just truly love this episode. Before we dive into this, I want to share with you something really important. Our partners over at TubeBuddy, like this podcast happens, full disclosure, because TubeBuddy is gracious enough to make it happen. And I would not be where we are. We would not be 60 episodes deep if it was not for them. And they are doing just some really amazing things. So two big announcements for them. Now, if you do not know or pay attention, uh, TubeBuddy is your best friend on the way to YouTube success. YouTube was recently acquired by Ben, which is an AI-driven company. And their whole objective is to create content based on data and analytics and, and robotic behaviors. Cause we as consumers have habits and algorithms help us find new things and watch things that we missed and all that good stuff. And TubeBuddy realized over there that, um, Phil, he realized that there was kind of a ceiling, like, like there's so many more things they want to be able to do and they just had limitations and Ben was going to allow for them to really scale up in a way that they could only ever dream of. And that's going to be a really big deal because hopefully at the Women of YouTube podcast, we're going to be able to have, you know, continued growth and continued success and hopefully get into those really big, hard to get to creators as well so that we're going to be able to, um, just give you more insights into what that world is like. Second, before the acquisition, TubeBuddy launched an amazing, amazing new tool called Channel Reviews. You can head over to the womenofyoutube.com and catch that link in the show notes. But for reals, Channel Reviews is basically, you just, you request the review of your channel. You can get an automated one or you can also include a, a physical review, like where a human being from the TubeBuddy team manually reviews your channel. And it basically gives you a grade between zero to a hundred and tells you 
how your channel is doing and what you need to fix to make it perform better. I did this for my own channel. And y'all remember, this is what I do. I am a creator. I create two videos a week. I'm here talking with people all the time. My channel only got like a 72%. Okay. So there was a lot of things I am working on to improve, to increase that score, because the more we can make the algorithm work for us by creating better things and making really minor adjustments, the better our channels can do, the more people can get put in front of, because it is our job as creators to create great content that YouTube can find the right people to put it in front of. It's a very specific way that it is. It's not that it's YouTube's job to put your content in front of people. Like that's not the, it's your job as a creator to create great content that YouTube can find the right person for it to be put in front of. And so I really encourage you to check out channel reviews. Got a special link for you over on those show notes so that you can check it out. And with that, let's dive into the world of luxury handbags and being a YouTube creator. Hello friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. I am so excited to talk to you today, Cindy. We're going to make some good YouTube goodness today. All right. Going to do it. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. So we start every podcast the same. Why YouTube? Why YouTube? So, um, you know, I had an Instagram page and um, it was mostly, it's mostly beauty and kind of makeup, skincare focused. And it just, I got to a point where I was kind of at an impasse because I, you know, I got to the point where I was receiving PR for review, you know, so I guess I would be considered a beauty influencer. Um, and then, you know, just over time, my taste changed, my lifestyle changed. And I just, I had other interests that I never not never, but I didn't really show that as much on my, um, on my Instagram, which was, you know, my kind of love for, for luxury bags, luxury, you know, designers, Chanel, Louis Vuitton. Um, and so I just decided that, you know, there's gotta be a way to essentially, you know, monetize this, you know, I was putting a lot of effort into my Instagram and it was great. I was receiving PR, you know, I'm very grateful, but I was just up to my neck. I only have one face. I only have two eyelids to do makeup. And, you know, I, I there's only so much makeup and skincare I could receive. And at this point I was like, you know, if I'm going to be putting this time into it, I wanted to, you know, monetize it because I wanted it to be kind of my side hustle. You know, I work full time, I have kids and I just knew that from watching other YouTubers and, you know, listening to YouTube podcasts that this is the, was the next step. So I was just like, okay, I just have to make that move. And I just went and started my YouTube channel. So tell us what your YouTube channel is about. So I mostly focus on luxury bags. Um, it's mostly luxury bag reviews. Uh, a lot of it is Louis Vuitton. I reviewed, you know, Dior, Chanel bags. Um, some of it is maybe lifestyle, but it's it's really strictly a luxury luxury bags, unboxings, luxury hauls, reviews. 
yeah, it's geared towards people who appreciate the luxury designers. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Okay. So I have to ask the question that I think goes with this is like how as a growing YouTube channel, even when you were like at your early stages and stuff, how did you afford something like this? <laughs> you mean afford the products that I'm talking about, my luxury bags? Exactly. Because I know what <laughs> so, I think that we all deal with is like, what camera do I get or, or unboxing and lifestyle? This seems like a legit question for people right. like who want to get into fashion and have these fashion and makeup stuff. That's a big financial investment. Yeah. And, you know, I never looked at my luxury bags as an investment for my channel. You know, I never purchased bags um, even now as specifically like, okay, I need to buy this bag so that I can have content. Um, I, I, first of all, I think I'm older than, than a lot of YouTubers. I work full time. I have a, you know, a full time job totally unrelated to, to YouTube and Instagram. And so I guess, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I afford it. I, I have a, a job a full-time job. And, and also um, a lot of my collection was collected over the years and it came from, you know, a long time ago when I was in my twenties and I was working. And as I revealed, you know, very recently, and it's the reason that I have this kind of a huge surge in my channel uh, subscribers, I used to work for Louis Vuitton for years. And so, you know, I, the biggest bonus was the employee discount. And so that's primarily where I got the bulk of my kind of luxury collection at this point were all from purchased when I was a Louis Vuitton employee. So that's where I I guess that's where I get the money from. And that's the question. So uh, tell us how you became a Louis Vuitton employee, because that seems a very like, like a goals thing for the purse people. (laughs) It it is, I guess there's a lot of unknowns about that. And, you know, a lot of people are curious about that. Um, I do plan on doing, you know, a q and I, I, It's so funny because I just started this. And even after you reached out to me, since I don't remember exactly what date, but since you reached out to me and, you know, we scheduled this uh, podcast, my channel has, it literally has doubled in size wow. um, in just the past, in the past couple of weeks. And, and just yesterday I reached 18,000 subscribers. And, you know, earlier in the month, I was only at, what was it, like 6,000? <laughs> yeah. It was, it grew pretty quick once I kind of revealed that information. Um, and then I, and I saw how much traction it got and how much interest people had in that subject. Um, I started putting out more videos and it just, it just blew up. <laughs> and, and I, I guess you would say one video went viral. I don't know what the definition of viral is, but it, I think when the one I, where I exposed the, you know, Louis Vuitton employee discounts and all the perks and benefits of being a LV employee, that video oh my gosh, it is the most, it's the most viewed. And I think it's at 180,000 now, which was just insane. I mean, up up until that point, I think the highest viewed was maybe 40, (laughs) 40, 40,000 views on my, on my channel. You know, I was at 6,000 subscribers. Yeah. Um, Sorry, what was your question? (laughs) No, no, like that. (laughs) Apparently we Um, can just go watch the video. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people were asking about that. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I am, I have some, some trepidation with revealing this information. Um, You know, I worked, like I said, I worked for Louis Vuitton for years. I I left, I went to law school. I work in a, in in a field, in the legal field, in an industry that's not related to this, this type of uh, fashion or, or YouTube or anything. And um, so that's why I didn't reveal that information for a, a long time because I am very private, you know, 
I, you and I talked, we both have, you know, military kind of relation. And um, yeah, I just, I try to keep that stuff very private about my actual work. Um, but back when I worked for LV, I mean, it just, you know, and I can go into the more details, but I can give you just a quick summary, but I, I just worked in, in retail just from high school and going into college. I, my very first job, I was a waitress. And um, that I think gave me a lot of the kind of customer service, you know, skills and, and just being able to manage people's expectations. Um, so I just kind of continued into retail, you know, working at a boutique and then and eventually kind of level, leveling up to another more well-known brand. And then I just, I think I was 19 or 20 and I just, was just like, you know what? I really like Louis Vuitton. I am going to apply. And I just applied and um yeah, it just, it went really well. There are a lot of other reasons I think that um, helped for me to get hired that, you know, I can, it, it's a lot, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up <laughs> working for LV. I wasn't, I wasn't new to retail, essentially. I had experience to back it up. And then I was, I just stayed there for a long time, all throughout college until I graduated and then, you know, pursued my, my kind of a real career now. So what do you think it is about luxury bags and purses specifically that people, women, women love them so much? Why do you think that is? Um, I, you know, I don't know exactly. Everyone has their reasons. For me, I mean, I, my parents are immigrants. <laughs> they came here and, you know, a lot of people ask me this, you know, they, they want to know my ethnicity because I don't know. I just think it's, it's such a funny question. I don't really talk about it, but I, I was born and raised in America, but I'm Filipino. My parents are from the Philippines. They came here to, for work and to send money back to their family. And so, you know, growing up, you know, we definitely, I mean, I don't know if my mom ever had any LV bags. You know, we were, we were had a very modest lifestyle and I just wanted all the things. And so I, I went, I went out and I, that's why I started working at such a young age because I knew that my mom, you know, as much as my parents were great and they worked hard, they didn't have that extra money to spend it. What in their minds was, you know, frivolous spending, you know, which yeah. was luxury handbags. But I, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I, I, you know, grew up in an area where it was kind of common and I just, I just wanted it. So I, I, I don't know for some, so I guess to answer your question. Yeah. Some people, I don't know if it's a status symbol or it's just kind of a memento or a reminder that, you know, you work hard and then you deserve nice things. So yeah, for some people it's, that, that's, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, that's why when I worked for LV, it was, I just have such great memories of people coming in and purchasing, you know, they're so excited and, you know, not every customer is rich, you know, they, a lot of them, it was their first time and it, was their first bag and it might be their only bag from from LV and it just has such a special place in their heart so it was always so exciting helping those first-time customers you know because you know that it's such a an, almost like an important occasion for them that they're able to work hard and then treat themselves to this to this beautiful bag so yeah the, the reasons vary but that's that's one of the big ones I think and so obviously you love these bags and your love for these bags has <laughs> turned into a, like a side hustle, a growing brand and job around these purses. So tell me what has been one of your like biggest struggles with building your YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. So I, 
I work full time and I have three young kids. I have a, I have a 10 year old, I have a four year old and a one year old. And so it has, it has, it was very hard when I started my Instagram page, you know, a few years ago, and it was just strictly beauty and makeup. I just was kind of obsessed with, I mean, I still, I still love and appreciate makeup, but I'm not as obsessed with kind of the trendy makeup as I used to be. But back then, you know, a few years ago, I kind of was, and um, it was a lot easier. It's so much easier to to post Instagram content and take pictures. You know, I can have my screaming kids in the background and take a, and still be able to take a pretty picture. So my struggle with YouTube now is just find, finding the time and scheduling. I have kind of a very strict schedule with YouTube because I have, there are only so many free hours in the day. Um, and it's pretty much impossible to film on the weekends <laughs> because the kids are home. And, you know, so I, I was able to finagle my, my job to work. I work, a, it's called a 980 schedule. So I work nine hour shifts. Um, and then I'm off every other Friday. So every other Friday is when I batch film basically three to four, sometimes five videos in one day. And then I'll just edit, you know, throughout the week, evenings, um, weekends, after, you know, after the kids go to bed, after I spend some family time um, with my kids and my husband. Um, sometimes on the weekends, <laughs> uh, my husband will take the kids to the, to the gym. You know, there's a, we have a gym daycare where we go. We take turns taking the kids and then getting our workout in. Sometimes instead of doing a workout class, I'll sit on, you know, uh, the bike <laughs> and sit and edit while I'm working out just to be able to get a workout in. So yeah, I just fit it in whenever I can um, with editing YouTube videos because it's so much more work involved uh, with YouTube versus versus Instagram. Yeah. Oh man, I it's so much more work. <laughs> it's like it's like that statement that's like a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, imagine how many video how many words a video is worth. Now try thinking about like creating it, and it's a totally mm -hmm. different thing. Like I can create over a month's worth of content for my Instagram feed in like an hour or two. It takes me at least an hour or two to plan a couple videos for my YouTube, yeah. channel, let alone record them and edit them and optimize them and thumbnail them and all of that kind of stuff, which is probably mm -hmm. why people like think this is so easy and then get frustrated when it isn't. <laughs> yeah, the actual logistics can be very hard. You know, with, with Instagram, when you batch, I guess, uh, uh, photograph content for Instagram, I literally, you can take a bunch of pictures in one day and then, and reuse it. I mean, you know, you can reuse pictures, you can take it from a different angle, you know, change up the caption. It's so much easier, but with, with, with YouTube, it's, it's a lot harder. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that helped me, um, it was a little, it's, it was an inadvertent, uh, bonus. The fact that when I went into this, I told myself I wouldn't spend, I wanted to spend the least amount of money possible going into it. And I know there's different approaches to starting YouTube where, you know, some people are like, you need to have the best audio and the best camera and the best setup. I didn't want to put a penny <laughs> into my YouTube because any money, any potential money I would make from YouTube, I would, I want that to be, you know, my bonus um, from the side hustle. You know, I didn't want to invest in it um, from a financial standpoint. And so I, I think I eventually did invest in, you know, a very cheap, um, um, I call it a lapel mic. I don't know what it's called. You know, you clip onto your shirt. The yep, wireless the ones mic. didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I did have a, I did have a very cheap ring light. And then I had a, I bought a cheaper, a cheap, um, one, one of those studio softbox lights 
-hmm. And that was it. And that was really for Instagram. So for YouTube, I, like I didn't go on by a camera because honestly, even now I film everything on my iPhone. <laughs> everything is on my iPhone because at, for the editing process, it's so much easier for me to then have my phone. And then if I, you know, I can take the kids to the, to the playground and I can sit you know, you know, play and everything. But then this way I'm not lugging my laptop around because I can edit everything straight from my phone. And then when it's done, just upload it from my phone. It's so much faster. I can like get it in like quick. If I get a 15 minute break, I can do it, you know, really fast. Um, when I was, you know, we have this pandemic, everything was been working from home. But when I was working at the office last year, when I first started this, I would take my, you know, lunch break in my car and I could just edit from my from my car on my phone without having to bust out a, a laptop. So even, I didn't even get a laptop until this year and I still edit on iMovie. I, I, <laughs> I have not upgraded any software, um, any equipment. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to spend the money, number one. And number two, it's the easier for my phone. So even, I remember this year I had a wish list. I was like, yeah, I should upgrade to a camera. And honestly, the quality on these iPhones are so good. I have the iPhone 10X. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get the iPhone 11. And even everyone, they were commenting, no, wait until the 12 comes out. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just wait until then. So yeah, I'm, I'm just on my phone. All, all the techie stuff is on my phone. Very you know, you're not the first mom that said on this podcast, like I edit on my phone because then I can do it like while I'm managing my kids or mm -hmm. um, any of the other things that motherhood involves. And you know, that's a really great idea because I, I know that I'll be like answering emails and doing all of my Instagram engagement and all of that kind of stuff. My kids are around me, but my kids have reached the point with me where they're like, mommy, put your phone down. It's time to spend time <laughs> with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that mom understand. deal. <laughs> I say, honey, I'm working right now. And then they'll understand. Sometimes they understand like, oh, are you working? You know, but then I feel guilty. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really? <laughs> so like like the little, that. those little faces, man, they get you. They get I you know. hard with that guilt. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> and then you're like, I guess I don't need to sleep anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of late nights after they've gone to bed and no more guilt, guilty faces. Right. So what is one of the coolest things about being a YouTuber? I, I'd like to pretend and think that it's like you get cool free bags all the time, but I'm sure <laughs> that's a myth you can bust for us and tell us what the actual cool things are. Um, you know, I honestly, because I, my um, Instagram and my YouTube are kind of at this point so intertwined, a lot of the opportunities, I guess, I, I don't honestly know what, where they came from. You know, I get emails asking to collaborate on stuff or emails asking if they can send me PR or, you know, either makeup or, or bag related. Um, it could have come from both, honestly. So, so specifically to YouTube, I, I'm not sure if there are any specific YouTube opportunities um, because they could have found me through Instagram. Um, but, you know, I guess one of the recent ones and I thought, so I thought this was pretty cool. So there, there was a Sephora and it's not bag related. That's why it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's hard because I might have two different audiences because I have a lot of, at this point, you know, male followers who, so who follow me because uh, specifically they, they love that I review a lot of uh, men's bags. I, oh, my cool. style, I like, yeah, I like a lot of men's, <laughs> men's messenger bags specifically. Um, one of, so I, ha I did a review of a men's kind of a crossbody travel bag and it's one of my most viewed. And a lot of the comments are guys saying, oh my gosh, no one has ever reviewed this. Thank you so much. You know, that's so great. And it, so I, I think it's really great because, and they tell me, you know, there aren't a lot of male creators, I guess, in this 
space. So they appreciate my, my reviews. So I don't want to, you know, not alienate, but you know, they're not into, well, I mean, some of them are into makeup too, but you know, there isn't always a hundred percent crossover, I guess, in, yeah. in both fields. Yeah. But anyway, but for opportunities, um, so there was a, a Sephora store opening <laughs> recently in the area and I just decided, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go. Um, the, inf- the, um, social media director for, for that, for the area, I guess she noticed my Instagram and she messaged me and, you know, was excited to meet me there. And then this, and then the store messaged me because they saw that I had posted, I guess, an Insta story promoting and asking people like, Hey, are you guys going to this opening? They reached out and, um, Oh, sorry, back it up. So (laughs) at the same time, (laughs) one of my other uh, YouTube and this is why it's so related. One of my YouTube reviews from last year, I did a review on a it's kind of a crossover from beauty into the luxury bags because it was a Dior uh, lipstick case where it's, it's specific to Dior beauty, but the case it was packaged in looked exactly like a, a potential, like a $2,000 Dior leather handbag, you know, but it really was a $150, $175 beauty case, kind of like those free gift of purchase type deals. But it was such good quality that I did. I made a video saying, Oh my gosh, look at this, the cheapest Dior bag you'll ever own you know, and so that got a lot of positive feedback because people were like, wow, you know, I wouldn't have never been able to afford a quote unquote Dior bag. But with this, you know, it's almost like I have a Dior bag because it looks like one. I don't know if you saw, but um, yeah, it looks like a Dior clutch, you know, like an yeah. evening clutch. And, but it was, it was makeup. And so I filmed that video. So from that video, because now we're into coming into the holiday releases this year, a Dior beauty uh, sales associate saw that video and commented and say, Hey, there's a, a pink one out this year and then the holiday one's coming out. So she messaged me and I was like, Oh great. I, I want it. I'll, I'll buy it from you. So I, you know, we continue the transaction, you know, just like a regular charge send order. And then she invited me um, because I was a repeat customer. She invited me to host a Dior beauty virtual masterclass with the Dior beauty, uh, one of their Dior show uh, beauty makeup artists. And so I did, and it was great. So I invited uh, my followers to, to join. It was free. It's a virtual class. It was from one of their, you know, leading makeup artists. He was super great. It was very informative. And, you know, they're sending me like a thank you. And it wasn't paid. Um, it wasn't like a paid sponsorship or anything, but it was just because I love, <laughs> I love Dior Beauty. And funny, funnily enough, Dior Beauty falls under the LVMH umbrella. So LVMH actually owns them. You know, LVMH owns a lot of, uh, a lot of the brands that um, people might not know. But um, so anyway, so because I was hosting that masterclass, Sephora, at the same time, they saw that, oh, wow, you're hosting this Dior Masterclass. Well, um, any, if you tell your followers, anyone who attends the store opening, if they buy a Dior product, they'll get 10% off their entire purchase if they mention you at checkout. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It is cool. <laughs> how, you know, how funny, though, because this is a, like a legit, you know, international brand, Sephora. I, I don't think it was the Sephora HQ. Again, it was just the kind of the regional social media director and then the, the, the local boutique. But I thought that was really cool. And what else is so funny, um, I, I went to the opening with a friend of mine and we were at checkout. <laughs> and at the front of the checkout line, one of the girls who had already gotten rung up, she turned back around and she was like, oh my God, are you a heated mess? <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. So I just thought that was so funny because like, who, you know, who am I? And I had a mask on. So, I mean, how, you know, because it's a, it was a public, you know, you had to wear masks everywhere. So yeah. I just, I was like, wow, that's so, that's so funny. Like how weird. I mean, it was, she was so sweet, but 
I just thought that was really funny that she you know, recognized me from YouTube. She's like, I didn't know you live here. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so that was one of the really fun opportunities. They, Dior also invited me, you know, when the holiday launches, they were like, yeah, we'll do this again. You know, if you want to host again, I was like, oh yeah, I love your stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. But, well, actually, no, I did say, well, I'm moving. So we'll see where we're, where we're at. But, <laughs> but yeah. That's, that's a fun story. I love how it's like so many different layers, like just by creating these videos, like you were reached out by people to do things. You did this masterclass, which is super unique and cool, by the way, for a purse product. <laughs> and then like the other people yeah. were like, well, because you did this, we're going to give discounts and you're getting recognized. Yeah. I think that that's really fun. And I think that's kind of like one of those accidental, but fun things that gets to happen as your channel grows. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not setting out and emailing brands you know, like, a, I guess a typical kind of a beauty influencer would, would reach out a lot of times to brands and say, Hey, I'm a beauty influencer, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to promote your whatever. I mean, I, I don't do that, you know, at this point. So I just thought it was, it was funny the way it happened. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think that it's, um, it's really great. So let's kind of like keep piggy packing off of like what we were talking about with like these brand deals opportunities that have been able to happen with you what is business looking like for you around this brand around doing purse reviews and stuff? Like, how is it looking to evolve for you? Like, what are, where are you looking to go with it? Tell us about that. So when I started YouTube and by the way, I only, I started YouTube last year um, in August. So it was only about a year old. And, but what was fortunate for me um, because I had my, you know, kind of a large ish Instagram page, I was able to be approved for affiliate links and affiliate commission, you know, pretty much immediately when I started my YouTube channel, I, I applied. And so I, I earn um, affiliate commission through Amazon Associates, uh, Magic Links and Reward Style. So going into it, um, I know a lot of people who go into YouTube, you know, they, they, are, they are waiting to be monetized because that's, I guess, the only way to make money. But I was already earning a little bit through these um, affiliate platforms. And then when I started my YouTube, I set out with the intent to be monetized as fast as possible. And because, you know, that was essentially my whole, my whole purpose, um, not my whole purpose. It might, I was also, you know, wanting to share my, I guess, love, you know, for luxury bags, but I, I did want to be monetized as fast as possible. And so I was able to have that done, um, I think in November, or December, very early December, so three months, three maybe a little short, a little less than four months. I was I got monetized officially, and it was uh, great timing because it was right before the holidays, and so my um, I was able to put out at that time. And you know, I wasn't. It's not like it changed the type of content I put out. The fact that I was monetized, but um, I then I was able to see, uh, you know the impression it left in terms of the, I guess the AdSense and the changes and you know, how it go, it's such a, it's so inconsistent <laughs> when you put out the content because uh, when I, I did a couple of holiday haul type videos and at that, at that point, those were, it was such a moneymaker. And I remember thinking, wow, <laughs> because when I, since I got monetized, the videos I put out were making like, Oh my gosh, like $5 maybe, you know, it was, it was almost like pennies. And then I put out the um, holiday, like a massive, massive luxury holiday haul. And I know, and the thumbnail, um, 
I paid a lot of attention to the thumbnail. Um, this last year, the Louis Vuitton um, holiday bags were very, very colorful. It, it was kind of a departure from their typical, very classic, um, you know, style. And yeah. it was super, super colorful, rainbow colors. And so I just had, because I bought so many things, I, I my thumbnail was just a stack of those bags and it was very colorful. I really like saturated the, the color when I, when I did the thumbnail and it, it kind of, kind of blew up, I guess. Uh, and I think I earned like 150 and I was like, wow, <laughs> so much money <laughs> from, from one video. Um, but that's what, then when I saw how, you know, I guess how much of an impact, I guess, AdSense revenue could be, um, mm-hmm. because up until then, the, oh, and then the affiliate links, because I was able to, um, link, you know, monetizable, I guess, um, products, you know, those were being pushed out, you know, like that Dior clutch I mentioned from the holiday from last year, I really pushed that. And so people were clicking through the links to purchase it. And so then I was able to start, you know, earning that way in a way that I, I wasn't earning through Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So you're making money, it sounds like from AdSense and affiliate marketing. Where do you think you're going to go next with your money earning opportunities? Okay. So I guess I should give a little bit more of a background. So um, I mentioned earlier how my channel kind of blew up recently with, I guess, a couple viral videos that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, the It started with me reviewing a book called A Guide, A Beginner's Guide to Louis Vuitton. And oh. I saw this book published, right. I saw this book pub- being published and I was like, huh. And I remember thinking to myself, who is this person? Because, and I explained, you know, in the video I explained in my, I, so I ended up doing a book review of it. I ordered it, you know, I purchased it myself. I ordered it through Amazon. And I was very interested because I was like, okay, great. You know, it was a female author. Um, I looked her up and, you know, she had kind of experience in the pawn industry, I guess, and consignment type stuff, but not necessarily LV specific. And that's what I was looking for because for me as a former LV employee, and I, you know, I mentioned this and I have this whole new series that that video spawned basically a whole series of my LV employee uh, secrets. And, and I, that's where I finally disclosed that I worked for LV years ago. Um, I bought the book to review because um, Louis Vuitton does not authorize any kind of third party guides, right? Any kind of um, authentication guides or reference guides. There is no, you know, so she definitely didn't collaborate with them. And I was curious, you know, where she was getting this information from. And so as a as a LV, you know, expert, I, I would say, I would consider myself a subject matter expert, SME, <laughs> on LV for having worked for them for so many years. I was curious what she would put out. And so I bought it. And ah, it was, it was very disappointing. And I tried very hard to review it critically, but, you know, not attack her. Um, and I just, it, it was so funny, that video. So that video really kind of blew up I think it's at maybe 40 or 50,000 views now um people were like wow this book is awful thank you so much for letting us know I was pointing out all the mistakes that I found you know I was also being constructive and saying okay well this is a good this is a good subject area however there were a lot of typos you know just a lot of just basic typos and there were so many typos that to the point that I was like okay forget about the typos I'm not even focusing on that but I'm looking at the actual content and the information that is being put out and it was a lot of it was just it was missing a lot of information and it was just a lot of it was inaccurate 
the, the last section of the book was a style guide, which is what a lot of people are looking for because the LV does not put out a guide, um, you know, like an all encompassing guide of all of their styles. There, there have been many styles that have been discontinued throughout the years. There's a lot of vintage styles that people may not be familiar with. And so, you know, I could see that people, whether it's an LV, just an enthusiast, um, or someone who's looking to buy this guide as a reference guide because they want to go into the resale, into the resale business. You know, they would look to this book because it's say, saying it's a guide, but the information was totally wrong. There were bags that were incorrectly labeled, you know, with a totally different style name. And I was just like, this is wrong, you know? And I was like, just, you know, good, good for her. And so at the end, I was, I actually think I did recommend it because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to support women, <laughs> you know, women supporting women. But, but there was just so many things wrong with it. And so I looked at it through that lens of being very familiar with LV because I used to work for them. And so I published it and it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, it, uh, it was very popular. A lot of people were very um, appreciative of the time that I took to review it. Some people were maybe a little mean um, to the author, <laughs> but um, what ended up happening is the author reached out to me and so she messaged me and she said that she saw my review and she, that she was a little kind of apprehensive, I guess, about watching it because she said somebody sent her the link to my video and she said, uh, you know, based on the title, she was apprehensive because she knew it wouldn't be, a, you know, good. Um, but she said she was thankful for my video because, and then because of my video, she actually revised the book and, you know, Said, and she said she corrected a lot of the mistakes that I pointed out. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and, and then she offered to send it to me to review. And I was like, wow, you know, that's great. Um, thank you so much. I, I said, you know, thank you so much for offering. I, I, I would, will actually purchase it myself because I want to support, you know, small business. And, and then I want to have, you know, if I do review it, the, the revised edition, I wanted to um, make sure that my audience knows I have an unbiased, an unbiased opinion. Um, unfortunately, well, I, so I haven't reviewed it, but it's, it's not, um, what I expected. Uh, the mistakes weren't, <laughs> it, let's say it's worse. Um, one of the things I mentioned was that there was no table of contents or, or index, I guess. And so she included that, but the, all the page numbers are wrong. And then the one thing that I spent a, a while talking about was the fact that one of the, uh, a couple of style names of the bags were mislabeled that wasn't even corrected and I even said oh this is not this style this is actually this style and it was still there so I, I don't know at this point you know <laughs> I don't want it to seem like I'm bullying her I don't know so I I don't know about you know up until the last point I, I never really had kind of negative reviews I'm always very honest but I guess overall the the video was kind of negative because just and not because of my attitude but uh because of you know what I was reviewing so but anyway um so anyway, <laughs> so I mentioned that because that video started my series where I talk about, you know, the, I disclosed that I was an LV employee and then all these other questions apart from the book, they were like, oh my God, tell us about LV. We want to hear, you know, everyone wanted to hear more about what it's like to work for LV. How did I get hired? Interview tips, you know, stories, customer stories. As a growing YouTuber, what do you think has been one of the most important things, um, about getting started and doing what you need to do to have this success on YouTube? Um, so I, I personally think what's more important than 
than the equipment, than, you know, the setup is figuring out what your message is. I don't know if that sounds cliche, but <laughs> it's figuring out who your audience is and, and what your goal is on YouTube. Um, I recently, I joined your, your Facebook group. <laughs> I joined, I have, I'm in an, a couple other groups geared towards, you know, content creators and then, and specifically women creators. And I see a lot of, a lot of people who, you know, they have this passion and this drive to start on YouTube, but they get disheartened and they don't understand why their content, their videos aren't being viewed. And, and a lot of times for me, and a lot of the videos are putting out, it just, I, I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to say this in an eloquent way. Um, so, okay, so they'll, they'll put out, they'll, they'll post something and say, oh, I posted this video, you know, my boyfriend does my makeup or, or you know, vlog to blah, blah, blah place. And why isn't it getting views? How, how do I get people to watch this? And it's like they're putting the cart before the horse, you know, they're asking how can you, it's almost like, it's almost like they're trying to trick people into watching their videos and they maybe think it's all in the algorithm and analytics and SEO. But what they really need to focus on is creating content that people want to watch. And, you know, that might be maybe a hard message to hear. But, you know, I was doing the same thing. Um, one of my least viewed videos is, <laughs> is my... Um, I did a video on my skincare shelf because I found this really cute round display shelf on Amazon and it, it was a way to, for me to display my skincare in a very aesthetic, pleasing, you know, ombre, rainbow, multicolored, hued way. And um, it got a lot of traction on Instagram. I, I saw that it was shared a lot. It was, it got, went viral, you know, um, and so I was like, oh, people might want to know about this and where they can get it. I can, I can um, do the affiliate link to the to the actual shelf and people can buy it. it that video bombed nobody wanted to see that on my channel at least you know another video where i went to sephora last year um sephora is like a kind of like a convention of brands that sephora hosts where brands come out and it's the whole thing i went and it was really it was so much fun um but i did kind of like a vlog style and that video also also tanked because nobody you know nobody wants to see that because especially at that point I was still fairly, fairly new, but um, I think that happens a lot maybe with vlogs for newer channels. Nobody knows you, you know? And so, I, I mean, nobody really, new people don't, don't know you and aren't looking for that video and, and then, and thus won't, it won't be viewed as much. So whether it's like an instructional video that someone's searching for, or like with this recent, you know, LV secrets, LV employee secrets, um, people are searching for that. And then it's being watched. It was being watched till the very end. It had a very high um, duration view or view duration time. Um, and then it was being pushed out to other people and they were interested in it. And uh, even people who weren't looking maybe specifically for, hey, I want to look up, uh, I want to see if there's video on luxury employee secrets, but just anyone interested in luxury fashion and, and maybe just people are interested in wanting to know things. You know, there are some people who are like, I don't even own any luxury bags, but this video is so interesting. I never knew about all this, you know? So it just, it was a video that a lot of people wanted to watch, whether it was intentional or unintentional. And they, and they ended up watching the whole thing. So I think that's the most important, uh, probably the most, one of the most, um, yeah, important things you, YouTubers should consider before they even, think of what video to film.
you know. No, I think that's yeah. really great advice. And I think you have such a, um, like, I think such a, a highly sought after demographic and niche, like you think you're in purses and there's so many women out there that are wanting to get in to lifestyle and fashion YouTube channels. And it's really, um, it's a hard like system to, it's a hard demographic to get into because it's one, it's, it's super saturated and two, it's like, it's expensive because you're buying all this yeah. stuff. Right. And then, and three, it's, Unlike, I think with, and I could be wrong about this, and I'm sure some of my other YouTube educators will probably like hate on me about this. Like, and I think it's because I don't understand it as well. I understand how videos can get found in search for like, like solving problems, right? Like that's why who mm -hmm. I talk to is like business owners and solopreneurs. I'm not the best person for helping someone who does like lifestyle and fashion blogs because I'm like, I don't know what people are searching for in this. Yeah. You know, like when I've wanted to find things where it's like, you know, plus size summer fashion London or something like that, or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how to contour, you know, white girl round face, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like podge my searches together for stuff. I'm like, well, that's how I search for things. Like how can yeah. you show up for that and like still be sought after. Right. And so it's just one of those like things that it, it takes like a real, any any niche that you go into in YouTube, it takes a lot of dedication and studying of what like your quote unquote competitors are, or the people that you're striving to be your peers and your competitors um, and getting up to those markets. And like I said, I am even still struggling with this. I know that for me right now, I'm having this like, I'm horrible. I suck at YouTube. Why can't I figure this out? Like tantrum right now with myself. But you know, at the same time, though, I have a lot of perspective to keep because I do know that there's other people out there that are like, oh, but Desiree, you've had a million views and you're at 14,000 subs. <laughs> like, I would kill for that. And I'm like, I know. And I'm sorry. I'm complaining. <laughs> but I just think that, like, you just, like, said a lot of, like, really smart things. Like, nobody knows you. And so you just have to keep showing yeah. up content that is trendy and that people want to actually watch. And, and you, it takes time and you have to keep showing up, which I think is the hardest part for people. Yeah, and I think what helped um, this, because this year was so unique with, you know, this whole pandemic, it really changed what a lot of people are looking for and searching for online. And I know with the beauty community, it, it affected them in a way that, um, and it, just in general, you know, there are trends with makeup where, you know, maybe a few years ago with the, the big YouTubers, with the big beauty YouTubers like Carly Bible and whatever, who do like full face makeup, you know, that trend of full glam makeup this year is gone out the window because number one, in general, that look is the aesthetic that people are looking for is different where it's more kind of toned down casual makeup. And then because of this pandemic, um, there aren't people looking for full glam makeup. And so the actual beauty brands are also putting out, you know, um, easier makeup, you know, mask friendly makeup. Um, you know, they're not doing this, this full cake makeup look anymore. And so similarly with the luxury bag, luxury bag community, one of the, um, one of the most, I guess, repeated videos, and you know, I have a lot of these are, un are unboxing videos where people unbox a brand new bag and it's the, the hottest, you know, trendy bag at the, at the moment. Um, because of the pandemic and especially at the start of it, when people were, you know, being severely impacted by it and losing their jobs. People aren't shopping because nobody's going out. No one's wearing their bags. They're sitting at home. Um, I think a lot of people, and, and, and me too, um, 
you know, people, some people, they, they stalled on their unboxing videos because it wasn't being taken well. You know, it, in, this, in this climate where it was such a devastating impact on everyone with, with the pandemic and, you know, people just had other issues to worry about, um, there were certainly people still watching, you know, $1,000, $2,000 luxury handbag unboxings. But there were a lot of people who were really hating on those videos because they're like, how, you're, you know, they just have the typical kind of hate comments where they're like, how frivolous, you know, why are you unboxing? Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you focusing on this kind of trivial, you know, fashion when, you know, there are larger issues going on? So a lot of YouTubers who, if that was their only content, I mean, some of them still continue to put it out. But it, it changed maybe the way they approached it. And so maybe they weren't doing it as, as much. So for me, one, so before I even started my kind of LV employee secret, I, I started a, a new series on my channel um, called uh, Lux Law, where I use my legal background, my legal education to break down and analyze, you know, lawsuits of famous luxury designers. And so I had a series, I, ha I talked about Louis Vuitton lawsuits that they lost to, you know, kind of copycat brands. Um, another one I talked about Louis Vuitton losing the trademark rights to one of their fragrances to a hair care brand that had a similar name. And it was a, it was a whole, you know, copyright um, fight between the, the two brands. And so um, those videos are harder for me to film and they take longer to film because, you know, I have to, I have to do the legal research, the analysis, the kind of the breakdown. I have to figure out a way to explain it. Those are a lot more kind of scripted. I don't really script my videos. I have bullet points, but I don't script uh, my videos. But with those, I really, you know, because I'm talking about these legal issues, I want it to be accurate, but also interesting. So I, I put those out and I was like, you know, this is a time where people are moving away from the constant calls and the constant unboxings and they want something new. So I, and I just thought, I was like, well, okay, yeah, this, this is the time <laughs> for this, you know? And so I put out, I, I only have two videos in that series. I don't have a lot because again, it takes so long, but I, I put those out and people were, they really responded well. And, you know, people were commenting that, oh my gosh, this is such a fresh take. This is so interesting. You know, they, they really wanted something else from the typical, I guess, luxury, you know, YouTuber. And so they were interested in more. They were, you know, giving me suggestions about what else, what else to talk about in my, you know, Lux Law series. What are the brands to focus on? So, so yeah, I, um, I thought it was a good time. So yeah, because of what's going on now, it, it just changed, and you have to keep up with the changes. So just like with beauty, maybe the, the trend is to do, you know, no makeup looks versus the full glam looks. With the luxury community. We're, I mean, there are some states that are still in lockdown. They're not going out. So what are you filming? You know, what you're filming your unboxing of a bag and you can't even wear it out. <laughs> it's just a lot of issues you have to have to consider. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, um, one of my favorite brands to follow is away bags. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I don't have any, but I like that brand. Yeah. Cause I, I invested in a really good luggage piece because I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get this in order. Cause I'm about to I'm about to, I, I laugh at it. I'm about to travel. Oh. <laughs> Did not happen. Obviously 2020 was just like the, the year of lost airline miles. Um, <laughs> but I, I hear you on that. Cause so they were doing something really fun where it's like, how are you using your way bag 
at home. And so like lots of people oh, were yeah. sending pictures about like what they were doing. Like it's a remote desk. It's like a dog bed. It's holding oh, all that's funny. <laughs> now like that I'm not using. <laughs> I just thought that it was really like a really fun way to like do it. And I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like you have to stay relevant and you have to pay attention to what's going on with trends in order to like make everything. I think that it's a really smart thing for people to pay attention to. And definitely a really common overlooked mistake with like making things you want to make when in fact, like it just doesn't make sense or it's not relevant to what's going on like in the world and stuff. So I think that it's a smart like point. Do you think like when everything that's going on in our, in our pandemic world and if all of the, all of the things. Do you think that there's room on YouTube for new creators? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely room. Um, but you just have, if you're a new creator and you're going into it, you have to understand that if you're just going to put out the same thing and, you know, kind of just piggyback and copycat other existing um, popular videos, they might not do as well now because um, even though there's room for new creators, certain topics may be overly saturated. So, you know, again, I keep, I keep going back to the boyfriend does my makeup look, but you know, other things like that, that are almost kind of gimmicky. Um, nobody's really, I don't know. I mean, maybe people are watching, but no one's maybe, no one's searching for that. I don't, I don't think, you know, it's, it's not trending. Obviously with makeup, it's, it's different, but um, yeah, the, with, with, so with my, you know, niche, there's so many unboxings that you can watch and I, I don't know that it just, and and then you're unboxing the same bag, you know, if you, ha if you follow a certain, if you follow a lot of other luxury YouTubers, you know, we're all buying the same stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like I thought people want lots way. of opinions. All right. And your opinion matters. Yeah. Start making it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I found that the men's bag that I, the men's bag that I reviewed, those were actually getting a lot more views because there weren't as many. So and, and I, and in that case, I wasn't, I didn't set out to say, huh, what, what can I review that, you know, isn't being reviewed. I just, I personally liked this men's bag and I reviewed it just for myself and it turned out to be, you know, very popular. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah. So tell me there's another, oh, oh sorry. I was going to mention real quick. There's one YouTuber that also had a kind of a big impact. And I, she's one of the reasons I started even YouTube and, and it's, it's such a mystery because I don't know where she went. She deleted all her videos, <laughs> but her name is Kelly Jane and her videos were great because she had a, so just like I have my legal background and I have my Lux Law series, she had, has a finance background. And what she did was she would go into the financials, you know, the quarterly annual reports of these huge brands and kind of break it down um, to the viewers and, you know, kind of a state of the brand type videos and talk about just other financial aspects and financial impact. It was so fascinating, even for people who don't know finance at all. I don't know, I don't know anything about finance. I don't know anything about Excel, but it was so detailed and it was so interesting and unique. And she grew so fast. I think she, when I first started her, watching her last year, she had like, I don't know, maybe 4,000, I don't know. Um, and then by the beginning of this year, she was at 20,000. But then she just disappeared and everyone was like, what happened to her? So anyway, I, I, I just mentioned her because she was able to use her, you know, her educate, her background, her expertise in finance and put out this very unique content that a lot of people loved. And I, you know, you would see the comments, they were like long paragraphs of people praising her work. <laughs> 
and saying they wanted more and more. And it's so interesting. They don't even love luxury bags, but it's just so fascinating. Um, so yeah, it, that really resonated with people. But unfortunately, she, I don't know where she went. <laughs> you can look her up. She still has a page, but all the videos were deleted. So people were online. There's like some, you know, gossip where it's like maybe she was being sued by these companies for you know putting out this information. Even a lot of it, it was publicly you know disclosed information. So, oh, wow. but yeah, that that was what kind of um, was a catalyst for me to be to think like, okay, let me use my expertise and you know put out something that maybe isn't there so tell me how can we follow you on the youtubes oh um so <laughs> i am at a heated mess a heated mess it's, uh, it's i got the name from um pitch perfect too i think nice it doesn't mean it i just i just thought it was so funny uh, it doesn't really mean anything i just it kind of was a comment on my on my kind of overall uh state in life where i'm just like a mess you know, trying to keep my life organized with the kids. So I just, I don't know, it kind of resonated with me. So I, that's my, that's my handle at A Heated Mess. And it's the same on, on YouTube, A Heated Mess. But my name is Cindy. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and giving all of us uh, unrealistic uh, goals for our purse life. And I really appreciate you talking <laughs> to you today. Remember you and everyone listening are impossibly amazing. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.